Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Within the margin of error, no clear leader. Donald Trump, 47%. Joe Biden, 46%. They're basically in a statistical tie. But what I will note was there was not a single poll conducted by CNN during the entire 2020 cycle in which Donald Trump got a higher share of the vote than Joe Biden did. So this is a vastly different picture from what we saw four years ago. That is some very interesting context in all of this. What it means, we will see. What David said is is so true. I I have heard from people in and around Hunter Biden's world for some time, uh, incredible frustration that his father, the president, and more importantly, the Democrats who are in this sort of strategist world have not been mounting a defense. Because if you let things hang out there, I mean, how many examples do we have in modern politics? If you don't answer something and if you don't push back against something, particularly something that there is no evidence of, it's going to seep into the zeitgeist. And Lord, buddy. We explained to the press, I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board, but they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 9th of September, year of our Lord, 2023. What a great intro. Oh, those polls in the morning and oh, people really believe those lies. CNN's uh, falling the fuck apart, but that's okay. Good show today. I decided to go a day early. I'm going to whip out um, less sound bites, but a little more talking. We're going to cover just the Biden administration, some polls. Um, you know, I haven't checked. What do I have for wokey woke? I don't have a lot for woke. That kind of sucks. Not a lot of military either. Yeah, we're going to have kind of a weird uh, small trans section. Or LGBTQIA. Got a lot of uh, libs of TikTok. So I guess that'll be a decent section. But let's go ahead and start on right in. Um, Oh, God, Tony, you got so excited you forgot to put the slides in. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Let me go ahead and please hold. And then I got to add all these because that was the last one because uh, we get to the climate section today. They're changing verbiage as we talked about a couple days ago. So that's good shit. So let's look at some other polls that have come in. Almost half. And a new poll, and this is uh, Rasmussen CNN. 
a Republican would be better than Biden. That hurts. Two in three Democrats said Biden should not be the nominee. And we'll get in a section today where you will see things. God, they're really trying. They're, they're trying to de-age him. And I understand it's politics is what they do. But folks, um, you can't put lipstick on that pig. You just, he's old as fuck. I mean, I, I'm about to be 56. I'm old. I know I'm old. I'm not him. I'm still coherent. Um, some of the times. I'm sure there's sometimes on this podcast I mumble some shit. Um, but, Muffa, what is he going to be like if you reelect him next year? Four more years? And to show that they're just, they're, they're really confused on what they want to do. They know they can't let a Republican win because that's the end of the world as they know it. And they've been defending him so long, I think they get a little confused. So we're going to see some defense of him in a second, but this is the longest soundbite, and that's why I'm playing it. It's four minutes and 31 seconds of the media talking about Hunter Biden. We do begin tonight with the breaking news. Federal prosecutors in a new court filing revealing they plan to indict the president's son, Hunter Biden. They plan to file felony charges involving the illegal purchase of a gun by the end of this month. The gun charge had been part of a plea deal that Hunter Biden thought he had secured, but that deal fell apart in July. The new filing brought by U.S. Attorney David Weiss, recently named special counsel by Attorney General Merrick Garland. Weiss, who was appointed by Donald Trump, has been investigating Hunter Biden for five years. ABC's Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas leading us off tonight. Tonight, Special Counsel David Weiss announcing in a court filing he intends to indict Hunter Biden by the end of the month on felony charges he illegally purchased a gun when he was addicted to drugs. The gun charge was supposed to go away as a part of a plea deal the president's son struck with Weiss, the U.S. attorney from Delaware appointed by Donald Trump, who had been investigating Hunter Biden for five years. As part of the deal, the president's son would plead guilty to tax crimes. But that deal unraveled in late July, and weeks later, Weiss asked Attorney General Merrick Garland to appoint him as special counsel in the case. Upon considering his request, as well as the extraordinary circumstances relating to this matter, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint him as special counsel. Weiss has made it clear that parties are no longer in plea negotiations, telling the court on August 11th, the parties are at an impasse, and the government believes this case will not resolve short of a trial. President Biden standing by his son, but pointedly refusing to comment on his case. I have no comment on any investigation that's going on. That's up to the Justice Department, and uh, that's all I have to say. Hunter Biden's attorneys are preparing to fight. They believe the original plea deal on the gun charge should remain in place. They say the president's son should not be indicted on that charge as long as he stays off drugs and out of serious legal trouble, David. Now to breaking news concerning Hunter Biden. Federal prosecutors revealing in a court filing today that they will seek to indict the president's son before the end of this month. We get the new details from CBS's Catherine Herridge. 
The prosecutor's status report is the strongest indication that charges are looming in the Hunter Biden case. The president's son had previously reached a deal for alleged gun possession by a drug user that avoided prosecution if he abided by the terms for two years. But in July, a plea agreement for misdemeanor tax charges collapsed, leaving the future of the gun deal in question and Hunter Biden facing legal jeopardy. Today, special counsel David Weiss revealed his plans, telling the court the government intends to seek the return of an indictment in this case before September 29th. Harry Littman is a former federal prosecutor. What's the message from this filing? The message from this filing is they are going full um, bore at him on a, on a charge that they normally wouldn't bring. So they are really playing hardball with Biden. In August, Weiss, a Trump appointee, was named special counsel after prosecutors said negotiations with Hunter Biden's lawyers were at an impasse. An attorney for the president's son said today, we expect a fair resolution based on the evidence and the law, not outside political pressure. This development comes as House Republicans have already ramped up their investigations into the president and his son calling the plea agreements a sweetheart deal and they want special counsel Weiss to testify. Nora. Breaking this evening, federal prosecutors say they will now seek an indictment of the president's son, Hunter Biden, just as Republicans ramp up their own investigations. Senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett is here. Laura, explain the timing. Why now? We knew there were charges afoot. And it seems as though it's still headed in the direction of trial, Lester. But for the first time, the special counsel, David Weiss, announced he does plan to seek a grand jury indictment of the president's son, Hunter, by the end of this month. That new timing is largely driven by Biden's rights to a speedy trial. Now, the precise charges, those are still unclear, but this comes after Weiss had negotiated that plea deal allowing Hunter Biden to avoid prison time for illegally buying a gun while using drugs and failing to pay his taxes on time. You'll remember that deal fell through under a judge's scrutiny in July. Biden then pleaded not guilty. Meantime, Republicans have blasted Weiss for what they call it. You know, there's so many angles on this Biden stuff. It's not even funny because anybody else. My God, that deal and uh, free of future prosecution. That's what was written in there. And a judge said, no, 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 you, you, no, that that's no. Why would you get that? And basically, they're going to get him on the gun, but he's going to walk. They're not going to cover him from all the stuff. I mean, he's violated the Hatch Act. He has embezzled money. You know he didn't pay his taxes. Taxes, not Texas. I don't know why I said Texas. So, I mean, it's just, wow. So, we're going to go and listen to um, some defense of, because you know you got it. Going to have Morning Joe... Um, we also have in here, um, Morning Joe, due to age by not getting the credit. See? Washington Week, laugh line on Joe Biden. Mentally, he's quite acute. And, and to show you that this was the National Review. Uh, I'm fucking up my whole slideshow. Fuck. Behind the scenes, Biden's actually smart. That That's literally the National Review, who also hates Trump. 
Someone said, you know, uh, that Biden, he's getting old, man, I tell you what. Well, guess what? Guess what? I can, you know, the only thing that comes today is a little bit of wisdom. I've, I've, I've been doing this longer than anybody, and I guess what? I'm going to continue to do it with your help. <laughs> President Joe Biden yesterday in Philadelphia brushing off voters' concerns about his age. We'll talk more about this. We do have new polling from the Wall Street Journal that has President Joe Biden and Donald Trump in a dead heat in a 2024 general election matchup. In the survey, 46% say they would vote for Biden, while 46% say they would vote for Trump. 8% say they are undecided. 46% of Americans mm -hmm. are voting for the guy who said he would terminate the Constitution to get back into power. Yeah, this is, uh, those numbers are unbelievable, but yet there they are. But there have been a lot of polls that indicate that this, uh, if it's uh, a Trump-Biden rematch, this is going to be a close election. Um, and, and again, that, that stupefies me. It should not be a close election. There is no way that any substantial portion of the electorate should support Donald Trump after we saw during what we saw during the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, after what we have seen uh, in the, the, the years since Donald Trump's presidency, after all the, the, the felony criminal charges uh, filed against him in four cases with what is basically open and shut evidence. Um, I, you know, the, the man is, is, is an accused felon, um, I, what, 91 times? or something like that, the, the total number of counts against him, yet uh, I, I, for potentially 46% of Americans are willing to return him to the White House. Um, uh, there's a real risk, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, there's a risk that Donald Trump yeah. could return to the White House. Well, and there is such a disconnect, Caddy Kay, between the polling numbers and the reality, and a lot of Democrats are trying to figure out exactly why that is. You look inside the poll, a large number of Democrats just say Joe Biden's too old. He's too old. The numbers don't add up, though. Like, for instance, you, you, you look at the economic numbers, for instance. You, you go down the list, going into Labor Day weekend, Wall Street Journal headline, resilient U.S. economy defies expectations. That's in Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal. We could go down the entire list. Uh, and the numbers don't add up, Caddy. And a lot of Democrats are saying it's because he's too old. That's what's underlying this entire poll is Joe Biden's numbers are low because right now Americans think he's too old to do the job. But I think you're right that there is the age factor is playing into this. And, it, and I know how frustrated the White House is on both of those counts. But the age factor, Joe Biden can try and joke about it, but it's still, uh, it's still a looming factor. I mean, the White House doesn't want to talk about age, I understand. Uh, but it colors everything. It colors everything. <clears throat> If you look at what he's done, yeah. I kind of wonder too how much of this is driven. You know, Republicans on the on the other side have spent four years almost kind of weaponizing Biden's age against him. Trump is not that much younger than him, but we don't ever talk about Donald Trump's age. The poll numbers and, and, either, as much. Right. Why? Why is that? I mean, I mean that, that's a great that's a great question in part because I don't think you've had this years of concerted effort. I mean, Don, Donald Trump—they're running ads showing Biden tripping every five mm -hmm. seconds—and I think that 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 
you know, creates an, a sort of an aura that, that, that sticks, that is sort of stuck with Joe Biden. John Trump has always been very good at, at branding his opponents, um, you know, in ways that they can't shake. And this seems to be one of those examples is to talk about Biden's age and his, his health. And every time he coughs, we're going to put that in an ad. Um, and they don't do, there's no counterpart to that to, uh, aimed at Donald Trump, who is, you know, you know, has a different demeanor than, than Biden, but certainly has things you could point out about his, can, his own age. And Can I just actually just point out, though, that, I mean, it's not just making an issue of Biden's age. It's, it's lying. It's saying he's senile, it's saying he's demented, saying he's out of it. I mean, I think it's important to sort of state for a fact that a lot of these are just... Smears. Right, mentally. Yeah, they're never going to give up the ghost. I mean, it's their guy, man. They love him. They love anybody with a D. And then we get this, Vogue. Weak need over KGP. And the funny thing about it is they said she's blunt, realist compassion, directness, but actually reporters didn't like that shit. And they kind of went after her the other day because she doesn't answer shit. So here's a little montage of that. President Biden is the oldest president in US history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander in chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says that's ridiculous. When staff it's a ridiculous back claim. What sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this: um, there's going to be a range, always a range of books. Uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know. We did see the excerpt, excerpt uh, the context uh, of the excerpt, and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value of his experience and wisdom resulted in rallying the free world. Why do you think it is that in a Wall Street Journal poll, two-thirds of Democrats think President Biden is too old to run again? Look, here's what I know. Here's what I can speak to. I can speak to that a president who has wisdom I can speak to a president who has experience. I can speak to a president who has done uh, historic, has taken historic action and has delivered in historic pieces of legislation. The president sure. said over the long weekend that he hasn't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. I just haven't been able to break. The derailment was on February 3rd. President Biden has not had a break since February 3rd. The president will go to East Palestine. He promised that he would, and he will. Uh, you saw him. On, uh, so he was not on a break when he was in Lake Tahoe? I will say this again. The president is going to go to East Palestine, as he has said that he is committed to do. You saw him just this Saturday visit uh, a rural area, right? That was... Uh... She's fucking garbage. She's always been garbage. She only got her job because she's gay and she's black and she's that and that and blah. Democrats, of course, don't get it. They're still going on with the same fucking bullshit. Thanks for not letting us get energy independence. Thanks for letting us still have over $3 gas. Because he backtracked. Because he's afraid they're not going to vote. And before we show his new ad, which is just specious, to say the least... Kind of already flashed him, but these are pictures. The left is the original picture. They've gone back and reposted in Photoshop to make him look young. 
and healthy, and he's not. So you can polish the turd and think you're going to get some of the dumb people who only see D and R, but the rest of us are paying attention. He is incapable of doing the job. But you're still going to put out bullshit like this. It was the first time in modern history. Very significant moment on the world stage. That an American president went into a war zone not controlled by the United States. A nearly 40-hour journey in and out of Ukraine. President Biden left Washington, D.C. at 4 a.m. on Sunday. He landed in eastern Poland and then took a nine-and-a-half-hour train to Kiev. He entered Ukraine under the cover of night. And in the morning, Joe Biden walked shoulder-to-shoulder with our allies in the war-torn streets, standing up for democracy in a place where a tyrant is waging war to take it away. Air raid sirens blared as the two men walked together. In the middle of a war zone, Joe Biden showed the world what America is made of. That's the quiet strength of a true leader who doesn't back down to a dictator. Biden, president. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Yeah, that air raid siren was bullshit. Uh, Did they really think Americans are still caught up in the Ukraine thing? That they don't see that there's something theoretically wrong? We're chucking money at it like crazy. Then we have Biden. Two different things we're going to play. One is about the mask. And I played it in the beginning where he said, yeah, Uh, I'm supposed to wear it, but I'm not. That's cool. Now we find out by Nick's goal of getting kids back into school because of Randy Weingarten. Then Biden says that uh, Bill Richardson died, and I want to send my condolences to him and his daughter, who's also fucking dead. And somehow, um, the media just lets him get away with it over and over. So here is the weak, you know, Vogue's weak need over the best fucking press secretary ever stammering around because they don't have fact checkers and they don't check anything. And he just says random shit. And the media doesn't do whole exposés about how he's mentally impaired and we're all going to die because he's president. When we did that with Trump. Remember, he was on cocaine, couldn't walk downstairs, million things. Uh, Um, We've asked a lot about the president's use of a mask and CDC guidance, but I want to ask about CDC guidance specifically. um, Because there is, you know, going into the fall, kids going back to school, CDC still recommends universal indoor masking for kids in school, students, staff, um, and... It seems out of step with some of the studies around the usefulness of masks for kids. There was a 
piece in the Atlantic, and I'll just read you a quote from it. It says, we reviewed a variety of studies, some conducted by the CDC itself, some cited by the CDC as evidence of Grabian. masking effectiveness in a school setting to try to find evidence that would justify the CDC's no end in sight mask guidance for the very low risk pediatric population, particularly post-vaccination. We came up empty handed. Grabian. So especially with the president going to Congress to ask for more money for a new vaccine and more money for the CDC, should we keep funding these studies if the CDC is not making guidance that follows the results of those studies. Grabian. Here's what I'll say. The multimedia uh, marketplace. We did something that the last administration was incapable of doing, which is putting to forth a strategy to really truly deal with COVID-19 and this pandemic. They were incapable Grabian. of doing that. We put the forth a comprehensive marketplace. plan. And we are now in a different place than we were two years ago, a year ago. We are in a much better place to fight COVID-19. And we have the tools, and that includes masking. That includes Grabian, uh, the multimedia marketplace. And as you know, uh, CDC and FDA said they're going to have vaccine by mid-September. And we're going to make sure and con con continue to do what we have done the past couple of years Grabian, is inform the folks, let them know that these new vaccines are here, that they have to make sure to take the inf their flu vaccine and also the RSV. All of these things are incredibly in important uh, because we know what works. We do. I mean, we know what works. We are in a Grabian, different place than we the were multimedia marketplace. two, three years ago. But let me... The but, CDC does not seem to be responding to the data. I'll say this, and you're talking about schools. Um, Grabian, CDC, the multimedia the marketplace. They're, they use science uh, to, come to, to come forward with their guidelines, and it is important that we allow them to do their work. And we believe that Grabian, we are in a different place. The multimedia and marketplace. All you got to do is look around. Look around to where we are today and where we are when we first started in this administration. And that's because we put forth an, an, a comprehensive plan with tools to make sure that Grabian, we dealt with the, the multimedia market dealt with COVID in a real way. Let's not forget where we were when the president started off. About thousands of people were dying a day, a day, a day. And so that is, Grabian, uh, the that is like the reality. So clearly something that we have done from the moment that we stepped into this administration to now has worked. So then we have Blinken saying the following. For Ukraine not only to survive, but to thrive, we're also supporting its efforts to rebuild from Russia's aggression. Uh, at the Ukraine Recovery Conference held in London a few months ago, I pledged that the United States would invest more than $520 million in making Ukraine's energy infrastructure, more than half of which has been destroyed by Russia, cleaner more resilient and more integrated with Europe. We're making new investments to enhance the transparency of Ukraine's institutions and to bolster the rule of law so that Ukraine's democracy is even more responsive to the needs of its people and can attract the private capital needed to rebuild. We're engaged in assisting the government of Ukraine on anti-corruption efforts and on efforts to ensure accountability and full transparency of all the assistance we're providing, as well as the security of US-provided defense articles and technologies. Now, I probably should have played that first now that I look at it, but we're going to rebuild them? A country that literally is being fucking overrun. We have judges saying you can't put up floating barriers 
in Texas to stop people from coming. You can't put mill vans to stop people from coming. And we're paying for all of this shit. All of it. We're just paying for it all. And it's okay. Nobody has a problem with it that we just keep paying and paying and paying. And now we're going to re-fucking build Ukraine? Why? Who's authorizing this? Where the fuck are the Republicans? Where? I mean, when we're talking... This is CNN saying that Mexico is the beacon of human rights and at the same time New York City, Massachusetts, we said last time, brought up their National Guard. New York City said New York's never the same. It's been overrun with illegal aliens. And they have like one eight hundredth of what's happening in Texas. What's also really interesting is just south of the border, what Mexico's Supreme Court decided yesterday, just decriminalizing abortion. And what they said is that to do so basically violates the human rights of women in the country, uh, saying to block that would be unconstitutional. You've covered this issue extensively in Texas. I wonder what reaction you're getting. You know, this is extremely interesting, Poppy, because there is this Texas angle, there is this U.S. angle because of this post-Dob world that we live in now. And I can tell you, after Dobbs, I remember talking to a clinic in the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas and them telling me that their patients were actually going to cross to Mexico to get abortions. Now, historically, and Poppy, you and I have talked about this before, Mm -hmm. historically, women in Texas have crossed the border for other types of medical treatment and medication. Well, this decision in Mexico, this could mean that more women could do that at this point in time. Now, I've been texting with the executive director of the Women's March, um, and what she points out is actually fascinating because it speaks to the bigger, broader picture. The fact that Mexico and other Latin American countries have been expanding and and, and progressing their um, reproductive rights and, and the reproductive rights of women and the rights of women, and that the U.S. is regressing, which is really fascinating based on where we are now. Now, now, women in Mexico, I have to point out, have been looking at the United States as a beacon of human rights and women's rights. And when you look at where Mexico is right now and you look at this decision by their Supreme Court saying that uh, a ban on abortion is unconstitutional because, quote, Poppy, con- it is contrary to the right of human dignity. And I have to leave you with this. The two front runners for Mexico's presidential election they're both women. So the likelihood mm. that Mexico will have a woman president is really high. support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10 thousand migrants a month one time we were just in venezuela now we're in ecuador 
Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you asked me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor. Are you fucking stoned? You guys have nothing compared to what they have up north. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then we got Glenn Klessler. We're still going on about this, that somehow, some way, it wasn't illegal for the president of the fucking United States to use a fake fucking, 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 freaking pseudonym bullshit. So here is the big lie. This is, you know, we talk about Trump and his big lie. The big lie is the media. Because the media won't even cover all the shit funky shit that the Biden administration has done in Ukraine. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals. Republicans have presented zero, absolutely zero evidence. There are thousands of pages of documents relating to financial transactions. Zero evidence. We've identified six new Biden family members involved. Absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence President Biden has any involvement here. Text messages from Hunter's laptop where Hunter complains about having to carve out huge amounts of the money he makes for his father. Quote, but unlike Pop at the bottom, I won't make you give me half your salary. No evidence of that. Well, I mean, he hasn't produced any evidence. They have uncovered no evidence. Various shell companies and this web of LLCs. You have Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, RSP Holdings. CNN has reported on this. There's no evidence. RSTP to Bravo, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, 
Rosemont, Seneca, Bohai. They haven't produced much evidence. We've seen very little evidence. According to the testimony, President Joe Biden was there when Hunter Biden messaged Chinese businessman Henry Zhao on WhatsApp. I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. You will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. We have no evidence of that. A bribery scheme of which there isn't any evidence to back that up. There is really no evidence. Well, we've been presenting evidence. We've been presenting bank records that show wires from China uh, mm -hmm. that were then laundered through shell companies. There has been no evidence. There's been no evidence at all. They have no okay. evidence. Say it again. Yeah, they, they have no evidence. Archer did not provide any evidence connecting President Biden to his son's business dealing. He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that, that illustrates that he knew me. In the, in the rear view, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. Has any of them once provided evidence of what they are claiming? Well, not anything other than circumstantial evidence. The National Archives allegedly has 5,400 emails showing then-Vice President Biden using phony names to communicate government information to his son, Hunter. They don't appear to have direct evidence linking him to his son, Hunter. Republicans have no evidence. Can I just say evidence of, of, of what? Records released from the National Archives show Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, exchanging more than sit down for this number, 1,000 emails with Joe Biden's office during his time as vice president. They complete in total lack of evidence. There was no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden. Archer revealed that the first son put then-Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone more than 20 times during business meetings. I should point out. Now, it is important to keep in mind there's no evidence. No evidence. No actual evidence. No evidence. No, no evidence. evidence. They have yet to... So it's kind of hard each week for me to look at this climate stuff and not see that what we're doing is brainwashing everybody. All right. So let me rename this 12. Yes. Okay. Ah. I don't know what we're going to do. Hold on a second. Sorry. Let's try this. There we go. So now we have literally everybody starting to change what we're calling things. We're rotating verbiage. We are flipping, dipping, and skipping to try to basically keep brainwashing people. So, we have uh, Pew Research just came out. And because it's been so heavy duty, I mean, it's just been nonstop by every facet of media. 54% describe climate change as a major threat to the country's well-being. Only 23% of GOP think that. And then we have the UN... The summer was the hottest on record 
New climate data shows maybe like a tenth of a degree. I mean, where I lived, it's the coolest we've ever had, for the record. And my parents had just the normal 90s that are new there. And if you stumbled across the show, I believe in climate change, but I don't think the world's going to die, and I don't think it's that huge. I think we go through currents. We go through changes. All right? But in my lifetime, global cooling, global warming, climate change, climate crisis, and now the UN Secretary General... The dog days of summer are not just barking, they are biting, warned U.S. Secretary General Antonio Guterres in a statement coinciding with the release of the latest data from the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service, C3S, by the World Meteorological Organization. Our planet has just endured a season of simmering, the hottest summer on record. Climate breakdown has begun and i gotta get i kind of pissed off because oiled field rando i have tweeted him like 10 or 12 times this and he used my shit and his tweet global cooling global warming global change climate crisis climate breakdown so crisis and breakdown are the new versions of climate change global warming global cooling It's kind of comedic. I mean, I hate to say it. It's just fucking funny. You clearly have brainwashed a lot of people on this. I mean, I understand. That's your deal. If you can brainwash people into believing this shit, well, I guess then, you know, we get, you get more voters. I got it. But... The world is not going to end tomorrow. And why it bothers me is because of this. A riot is the language of the unheard. This is the case from May 28, 2020. And we covered this on the show, but I wanted to interspose as we go into our little section each week. I'm going to do injustice. It's injustice. We don't have justice anymore. It's not blind. It is partisan. And this man burned down a pawn shop and murdered somebody. But he got a reduced sentence of just 10 years because as the federal judges at the behest, or federal prosecutors at the behest of the fucking DOJ, he was just caught up in the moment and he was speaking in the riot, language of riot, of the unheard. Then we have this guy and I should, let me see if I can grab his picture because the picture is just perfect. It's everything I expect out of liberals now. And this guy right here, he was in a car and he ran over a teen because he said he was threatened for his life because he was an extreme Republican. So 
So he killed Guy and he got 10 years. 10 years. Because the teenager, and, and I, I, and I, I once to once, once again, if, if you're, you're seeing this, it is becoming quite absurd. You would think this guy was liberal. And the other guy was the conservative, but that's not the case. But because he feared this kid who wasn't in a car, he runs him over and he gets a reduced sentence. And this is all in line with the fact that we just had two guys that didn't go in the fucking building get 11. We got people with 17, 22 for conspiracy and sedition. When the left did all that shit in 2016. When the left in 2002, 2004, 2016 burned the fucking city down in Washington, D.C. And then in 2020, they burned down multiple. And then you hear cases like this. The mind-blowing bias in DOJ trial against five pro-lifers will shock you. According to the two-count indictment with the waiting room, the pro-life protesters blocked an abortion's business doors with furniture rope and themselves as a physical obstruction to impede the facility's baby-killing operations. They sang hymns, says that's Immaculate Mary, and recited St. Michael the Archangel Prayer. The Democrats during Trump did the very same thing. They blocked... Senate. I mean, the fucking Senate. They got away with it. Post for conviction, the pro-lifers each face up to 11 years behind bars, three years supervised release, and a fine of 350000 U.S. District Judge Colleen Call Carnati, a feminist Clinton appointee, presiding over the case, whose pretrial ruling recurringly aligned with the whims of pro-abortion apartheid, ordered the co-defendants to be immediately incarcerated upon the DOJ's request for detainment, claiming the pro-life rescuers committed a crime of violence under federal law, following the guilty verdict reading, an army of U.S. Marshals swiftly herded the five co-defendants out of the courtroom. In closing statements, Hershaw attorney pleaded that the only individuals to turn toward violent behavior were the staff members, one who brandished a broomstick and used the jab at the rescuers, and defense counsel said, aside from the sit-in, some of the activists kneeled and prayed. Attorney for Gerhardy and Handy have vowed to pursue appeals. A separate trial began for four jointly co-indicted and co-defendants. For doing right, they now want to send me away for 11 years. I'm 68. 68. The dude's old as fuck. Speaking on the nightmare jury selection process, a pro-life leader who has been through a few of them said the pro-lifers are almost always disqualified. According to Catholic News Agency, the jury pool was stacked with pro-abortion people who donated to Planned Parenthood. The jury candidates were handed a card containing 34 Vaudaires. I fucked that up, sorry. Um... (laughs) I don't know why I say that. I know how to say the word, but I always say four. Question 20. Is this trial abortion will be mentioned, but this case is not about abortion, not whether it's right or wrong, just or injustice about whether clinics have a right to operate. Do you have any beliefs about abortion? Have you ever belonged to or contributed to any group that advocates against abortion? Have you or a close friend or family member ever participated in demonstration against abortion? 
And, and I'm not going to read it. The, the judge donates to pro, uh, pro-abortion. It, it's what we have right now. Same with the parents who get fucked over about one parent want to turn their kid to the opposite sex. It's just all the same. Then we get Trump's. 97.9 of the stories failed to identify special counsel Jack Smith as a selected by Merrick Garland, a Democrat, and he is a Democrat. 88.4% stories failed to identify Alvin Bragg as a Democrat. 93.3% failed to identify DA Fannie Willis as a Democrat. ABC World Suits Tonight CBD Evening never labeled Bragg or Willis a Democrat. They never used the word D. They never do. And the reason why they don't is because that's the purpose. We've gone through this before. Um, where are we at? It's like this. If you look at pictures of Republicans and Democrats, you will always notice that the left there, the normal picture of Biden, unphotoshopped, that's what they make Republicans look like. That's what they make them look like. Always. Horrible facial expressions. But the Democrat, they take a good picture with them smiling. That's what they always do. When a Democrat fucks up, well, that Democrat doesn't have an affiliation. Chocolate City Man. Do you remember him? The guy that basically let the black people die in the Ninth Ward because he didn't do anything. He had school buses, but he didn't get them out. Do you remember all this? I remember it. Yeah, he got caught for embezzlement, from monies, from Katrina. He went to jail for it, and he was never called a Democrat, ever. Never. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't have a country that operates like this. You can't have a democracy that doesn't have fairness across the board. Because if you do, you will find more and more violence. People aren't going to just sit there and go along with shit. It's not going to. Our country is becoming more and more dangerous and now two stories back to back. It's just perfect. NBC, America's in the midst of a police officer shortage that many in law enforcement blame on the twofold morale hit of 2020. The coronavirus pandemic and criticism of police boiled over with the murder of George Floyd by a police officer. 
More importantly, a media that was non-biased would say that he actually didn't die because of the police officer. The coroner's report literally said he died from an overdose, a meth-laced, fentanyl-laced meth. He was dying. Then they made him change it. That's public knowledge. Well, one of the people that led to it is this person here. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Carjackings continue to afflict the city. This week, DFL's second vice chairwoman, Shavata Sandalawadalala, an Arab, was violently attacked and carjacked in front of her children in the driveway of her MPLS home in broad daylight. She suffered a broken leg... Deep lacerations on her head and cuts and bruises all over her body. Look at my face in this picture. This is the face of a mother who just had the shit beaten out of her. A mother whose only thought was to let me run far enough so that my kids have a chance to get away. You could have been reading the obituary for me and my children today, but instead... I'm here to write this. Look at my face. These criminals will not win. We need to take back our city. And this is not, will not be the last you hear from me about this. Thank you to the incredible Minneapolis 4th District officers who came and saved my fucking ass. Sorry, the fucking picture. Damn it. I have a broken leg. Okay, here we go. Uh, Okay, this is the face of a mother who just listened to her four-year-old daughter screaming nonstop, her seven-year-old son wailing for someone to come back because bad guys are murdering his mama in the backyard, her neighbors screaming in the outrage, all while being beaten with guns and kicks and fists. I have a broken leg, deep lacerations on my head, bruising cuts all over my body, and I have rage. These men knew what they were doing. I have no doubt they have done this before, yet they are still on our streets, killing mothers, giving babies psychological trauma that a lifetime of therapy could not erase, with no hesitation and no remorse. I'm now part of the statistic. I wasn't silent when I fought these men to save my life and my babies, and I won't be silent now. We need to get illegal guns off our street, catch these young people who are running wild. And the words of John McClain, welcome to the party, pal. You wanted this, you got it. Replies, nope, it's showing that liberals and progressives have brought these terrible crimes on themselves for wanting to reimagine fucking police. Reimagine police. You can't reimagine police. There's bad motherfuckers. Bad. They're everywhere. This is a journalist, Lisa Lisa Guerrero, award-winning investigative journalist, Inside Edition, best-selling author, Warrior, My Path to Being Brave. Lucas Cage, goddamn, how do you get 22 years crime when you weren't even at the scene? Of course, half the country is cheering the insanity on, not realizing how bad this is for every American. Her reply, ask Charles Manson, somebody that murdered somebody. This is 
Matt Iglesias, the gay guy that hates Republicans. I know conservatives have more guns, but in the end, I think their advanced age and worse physical fitness are going to give libs the win on the Civil War. Nonprofits putting $500 million into local news agencies that are failing. Guess where they reside? Hmm. Yeah, they're they're righties or lefties. Sorry. This is Philip Bump. Biden's semi-subtle reminder of the stakes for our democracy in 2024. Said it was gonna. We're gonna have COVID. COVID comeback, and then we're gonna start this shit. The argument's not simply cynical, as the rhetoric of the 2008 appointments made clear. A real threat to democracy exists. Trump's power over the right and the rhetoric about left combined to foster both sincere and broadly unjustified anger at the system and to make it valuable to feign that anger to appeal to its supporters. There are also another presidential expression of support for American democracy Thursday. The foundation associated with more than a dozen previous presidents, from Herbert Hoover to Obama, signed a joint letter calling for the reinforcement of our most basic Democratic principles. Replies. In case you're wondering, no, there are not 13 former presidents still living. Here's a part of the article about the letter. I was unaware these foundations were able to commune with the dead. Hubert Hoover? The one where WAPO cites dead presidents signing an orange man bad letter. 13 former presidents signed the letter. He's the fact checker. But here's my real, real problem with all this. We are now in a proxy war with Russia that has not been voted in on Congress, funding billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. We have a president who's been proven to have taken illegal money from overseas. We have a president's son that flaunts the law and does whatever the fuck he wants. Who's the bad person? I mean, as an independent non-affiliated motherfucker I gotta fucking say both these asshats are bad people just bad fucking people but there's one positive finally Georgia Republican Attorney General Chris Carr is giving Fannie Willis and the radical revolutionaries a taste of their own menace RICO charges. Cars indicted 61 Antifa criminals and militant anarchists who used domestic terrorism violence to try to stop a $90 million police academy. It's great that Antifa are being given the RICO treatment in Georgia. If other Republican DAs do the same in other states, then there is hope. And that's probably the biggest thing if you talk to any normal, middle-of-the-road, non-affiliated people, or let's just root it as sane an insane folks where was all this 
when Antifa was burning cities down and there were actual fucking reports of pallets of bricks showing up. I mean, it starts with Charlottesville and it goes straight in to the Floyd riots. Charlottesville, they literally were beating people and throwing bricks at them. A guy freaks, he does something wrong and he runs somebody over scared. That's Charlottesville. But that was never reported. We didn't report any of that stuff. It was just a racist killed a perfectly normal person that does nothing wrong. Ever. Did she deserve to die? No. Not my point. The point is, we we didn't fucking report anything right on any of this. We spend most of our time doing half-truths to fulfill the Democratic Party from climate change to what we're about to go into, the trans stuff. We never get the truth. So, we're going to go into woke. We're going to start it with a soundbite I forgot to fucking play. I meant to play it, and I just moved past it um, in the lineup. It is climate change, once again, with the view. You're going to have um, MSM literally another dude. This is a dude. Praise man accused of sexually harassing sorority girls. This is one of the guys. They brought him on on MSDNC and it's okie dokie fucking artichokey. Um, the other sound bite is... Uh, I fucking X'd out, sorry. P- PBS weeps over denial of gender-affirming medical care for Texas transgender kids. So we're going to start with just the media brainwashing the country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. So, um, so we did talk about maybe the Republican ticket in case Trump gets indi- again indicted or brought to jail in handcuffs, whatever. Um, but the question is, who would you put in there if Biden decides to get out of the race for some whatever reason he comes up with? Well, I don't think he's going to get out. I, well, I would like, hope. But don't answer like a Republican. Okay, okay. To, okay. I don't think he's it's not going to happen. But I would hope that the Democrat. <laughs> The Democratic Party would uh, rally around the Vice President, Kamala Harris, yeah. the way they va- rallied around Joe Biden. Um, but if not, I think Gavin Newsom 
is uh, he's he's California. responsible for one of the largest economies in our country, if not the yeah, but largest California's economy. California's in trouble all the time with a lot of homeless and a lot of problems. But they, they have, have a lot of good programs when it comes to climate change. They have great yes. they have great programs in terms of job opportunity. They're doing uh, they have great programs in terms of housing. They're addressing right. that issue. You know, I don't think I, you'd lead I'm the country the same way you'd lead California. To pay, you know, because you're yeah. trying to answer to an electorate. I think him. I still think Pete Buttigieg is really great. Whenever I've seen him speak, would the country put a gay president in the? In that's the my. That's that my is concern. The I don't care. He's the best. One. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's really great. Lawsuit was brought on by, I believe, six members of your sorority. Um, do you have support from other women in the house? I am very glad to have such great supportive <laughs> sisters in my chapter. I think as a sorority, Kappa to me demonstrates so much about very wonderful values from loyalty to courage to trailblazing, such very smart people that I'm so glad to have on my side in the chapter. I think it's just a very difficult experience because no one was expecting to be there and to be in that kind of situation. And uh, now it's been a great relief that perhaps it can finally be over. It takes a very brave and unique person to do this, to be a first in a situation like this. And then to continue on, um, what makes you wanna stay with everything that you've been through? I think I want people to know that everything that they've uh, experienced, that I'm certainly not the first trans person to ever be attacked by elements in the media to be used. And unfortunately, I, I don't think I'll be the last, but I want people to know that it's never okay for that kind of scrutiny on a person just because of their identity, just because I'm trans. And I hope that, you know, even if there's one person out that, there that feels that their identity is being attacked, that it's okay to be who they are. And it's never okay to be attacked on their identity, whether it's because of their race, their gender identity, their sexual orientation, religion, or creed. A ban on gender-affirming medical care for transgender youth went into effect in Texas today, making it the most populous state to date with such a ban. An estimated 30,000 young people in Texas between the ages of 13 and 17 identify as transgender. The new law revokes the medical licenses of any doctor who provides minors with gender-affirming medical care, like puberty blockers, hormone treatments, or surgeries. Beyond Texas, gender-affirming care for some 300,000 young people who identify as transgender is under threat. Laura Barone-Lopez has been following all of this. Laura, what is the situation in Texas right now? Right now, the law is fully in effect, and it's going to ban uh, providers from giving puberty blockers, hormone treatments, surgeries, which are very rare for minors, uh, to transgender youth in the state of Texas. And it's also going to require that if any of these patients are currently receiving those treatments, that they're weaned off of it. Now, advocates on the ground have told me that uh, that ultimately already providers and pharmacies are not even trying to approach that weaning off, that they just simply are going to stop uh, providing treatment altogether. And are they still fighting this in court? 
They are. So what happens next is that litigation is going to continue to play out even as this law takes effect. And ultimately, the Texas Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not this law is constitutional under Texas's state constitution. Uh, but I asked the Texas uh, Attorney General's office what their response was to this law taking effect. They said that they are going to enforce it fully and that this law they claim is designed to protect transgender youth from these what they say are damaging uh, gender transition interventions. Now it's important to note that uh, all of the major American medical associations say that this is gender-affirming medical care, helps transgender youth, that it in, uh, often uh, prevents suicidal. The media of late, I think of all the subjects that surprises me it's this trans stuff because they know it's not popular but they're so indebted to the left and part of it they need it there's no sexual agenda targeting your kids we're just going to take them on school field trips to pride parades push books about trans kids in the children's section of every library put our messages on candy wrappers and shove our flag down your throat alright and I didn't get all these because I wanted to do them slowly there's a pride parade hmm we covered this this is uh skittles hmm here is New York City These are all the books. Because there's more now. They're just, they're never ending. But there's no agenda. When you say that, you're the asshole. This is a elementary teacher in South Dakota. He makes student call him MX because he identifies as non-binary. These, these are the pictures he posts for his kids. Not wrong, not a phase, a slut. London students and families, my heart is full of joy. Why is he teaching children? This is from kindergarten to fifth grade, the Rainbow Club. Ten-week district-wide virtual club for gay kids. We're not pushing it, though. It's not, it's not a, an agenda. It's not an all-encompassing agenda. Mm. No. Scoop, University of Arizona Nursing School is teaching future nurses that three-year-olds can know they are transgender. They're also being taught to start questioning patients as young as three about their gender. I want to blow it up. There it is. I said yes. Come on. That's part of the syllabus. 
teachers, unions, encourage educators to break law over gender identity surveys. JESSA, which has over 5,300 members, encouraged teachers to break the law aside from insisting that any questionnaire regarding a child's gender identity be filled out on paper rather than digitally. The association also told teachers to encourage students not to hold on to the document in order to keep the information at school and not get it to their parents. This is why parents are freaking out. I'm going to play back-to-back for you. A California legislature and a kindergarten music teacher. It is, we're not turning up the volume as last podcast. We're not going after trans people. We're not trying to kill trans people. We're just trying to stop you from your incessant brainwashing of little children. I am Eloise. I am six. Know that parents affirm their children. They have since the dawn of time. Typically, it happens when their um, gender identity expression matches their biological gender. But what happens is when it doesn't, that's when the affirmation starts to wane. And that's what we're dealing with here. Although it's called the TGI bill, they're not mentioned anywhere in the law. What's mentioned in the law is the child's gender identity and expression and the parents affirmation of that whatever it is because that is our duty as parents to affirm our children day a child asked of me can a boy become a girl i said the idea of he and she is just a myth you see cause genders just pretend yeah genders just pretend though people will say that i am wrong genders just pretend yeah genders just pretend you'll see it's true before too long that's not cool It's another push by them with the crazy, there are kids. You don't own your kids. We fucking do. And and that's why there's pushback. Massachusetts wants to get rid of fucking education verification tests that a lot of places have to ensure people don't leave school unable to read, which does happen for athletes. You can't make this up. Shane Mooman, principal at what, who's also a drag queen, another drag queen working for him as a kindergarten aide. They both use their drag Facebook accounts to communicate about the work in elementary school. Where, where is the school? I'm trying to find the... Chantel Mandalay. Carmen Duverex. 
trying to find out. She didn't write the school. She wrote a. She wrote a. Um, I worked school district for eight years and saw my superintendent once in my building for a photo op. This year, different, new district, a new respect. This lady here calls me, comes by to check on me, texts me, yada yada yada. It's Oklahoma. Okay, it's Oklahoma. We covered this motherfucker last podcast. Here's the other one. Yeah. That's that's in school. But no. No, it's it's no. No. Yet you get into stuff like this. Do gamers care about pronouns? We don't think so. Never thought I'd agree with Daniel Ahmed on anything, but I do think boycotting game over pronouns is cringe as hell. Almost Hogwarts legacy boycott level cringe. And why do you right-wingers always get triggered so easily? They sound like a bunch of snowflakes to me. These people couldn't survive a COD lobby, that's for sure. And it was a fucking game convention, and they want to go crazy about the pronouns, and of course... Most of them don't give a fuck about your goddamn pronouns. They don't care. Ed Krasaska fucker. It's okay to think about that pronouns are funny. It's okay to feel as though pronouns are strange. What's not okay is intentionally make someone feel less human than you because they want to be identified with a certain pronoun that you refuse to use. That, what harm is it doing to call someone a pronoun that you don't agree with? Stop being divisive and start trying to bridge that gap. If someone wants to be called to me to call them a dinosaur, I'll do it if I know it would be offensive if I don't. Life is too short to start arguments over this type of thing. If they feel less human because I call out their foolishness, that's entirely on them. Other replies. It's not okay to affirm someone's delusional sense of self, and I won't do it. It's not kind or inclusive. In fact, it's cruel and inhumane. The entire trans ideology is built on a reductive and archaic gender stereotype that perpetuates homophobia, misogyny. Every time someone validates the lie of transgenderism, only further erodes women's and gay rights. You obviously didn't put any thought into this before you stepped up to your Twitter account. And that's a gay guy. Went to his page. There was a time when mental health involved treating delusions. That's the part about it. I mean, I personally, I don't fucking care. If somebody actually asked me to do it, I'd fucking do it. But I don't know anybody because I don't go out and take censors, you know. There's a dude chick at my 7-Eleven. Every fucking day, I say, what's up, dude? And he didn't say anything. He doesn't get his butt hurt over it. He's pretty cool. But to further reestablish what we're talking about here, I was going to play these separate. I'm going to play them back to back. They're going to see Sonny Hostin going off about school choice that parents are starting to do and homeschooling because you liberals want to brainwash their fucking kids. And then Alex Wagner, once again, every time somebody steps up to the orthodoxy, the craziness the left wants and says no, and they're normal, everyday American people, these are the mo- moms of liberty who have fought back against all this crazy shit that's happening in schools that all parents agree with. They don't want around their kids. They get tagged by the SPLC. If you go into the SPLC, every conservative thought 
in the hate group. Actual violent things like Antifa doesn't exist. And every leftist group, leftist groups are great American patriots. So Wagner's going off because every Republican nominee is going with it. Because Moms of Liberty have done great shit. So has Yunkin. I want to get to my Nikki Haley okay, card. Everybody thinks Nikki Haley is this, you know, this this really interesting woman who is really powerful and has these really great ideas. Well, let me tell you, I think she's a hypocrite. My personal opinion. Well, yeah. Um, now she's yeah, she, champion. Duh. She's she's a champion of parents' rights. We know what that means when it comes to Florida and when it comes to Texas. It really means that you're giving the right to certain parents to teach their kids what they want their kids taught, but you're taking away from me as a parent what I want my kids to learn. Right. And I want my kids to learn about their history. Yeah. And I think all kids should learn about right. the history of this country, regardless of whether or not it makes you feel uncomfortable because past will become prologue if you don't know your history. The Republican Party is the Republican is the party of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln eradicated slavery. Well, there are states. Changed, let me finish this. Bit, there okay. are states in America right now, including my state of Florida, where they are trying to find a positive point of view on slavery and whitewashing black history. That is not a conservative value. Trying to take aid away from Ukraine and abandon Ukraine, right. that is not a right. traditional yep. conservative I can't value. I Republicans hide behind the party of Abraham Lincoln, okay? Because the Republican Party hasn't been the party of Abraham Lincoln since Jim Crow, since the Reconstruction, since forever. So let's, let's not twist history around. She's promoting education freedom, choice in school, finding what's best for your student. I think that that's hugely you know important. What a problem? It's one of the most. You know why that's a problem? Because what you do is you take money away from the public schools. Yeah. Did you, you go give to them, private school? I went. Oh, I went to private school. I had the privilege of going to but private school. But then why school. shouldn't also? When the Southern Poverty Law Center labeled the Moms Group a hate and anti-government extremist group in June, Vivek Ramaswamy pledged his allegiance. It's a sad state of affairs when a respectable organization like Moms for Liberty, and by the way, I'm proud to be the first presidential candidate that signed their pledge, is now designated a hate group. If they're a hate group, then so be it. Count me in. Count me into that hate group. A few weeks later, an Indiana chapter of Moms for Liberty quoted Hitler on the front page of its inaugural newsletter. They wrote, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. The chapter later apologized, but even after public outrage over the Hitler quote and winning the designation of a hate group, nearly every single presidential candidate traveled to Philadelphia for the Moms for Liberty annual summit this July. They cut through protesters and they joined the main stage and fashioned themselves presidential candidates for liberty. I see that Moms for Liberty is coming under attack by the left attacked by the corporate media, protest out here in the streets. Now you know how I feel everywhere I go. Parental rights. You think you'd have parental rights. It's unbelievable what they do to your children. What we need to do, what you all are already doing, which is why I love you, which is why they will protest you, which is why they will vandalize our events, is that we are speaking the truth without apology. Now, all the ring kissing here, 
can be explained by the fact that Moms for Liberty has repeatedly demonstrated its political power among a key Republican voting bloc conservative mothers. Those mothers have been electrified by the group's school board takeovers and their censorship of books in school libraries and their more broad anti-woke education agenda. And man, the competition to harness that political power is fierce. This morning, Governor Ron DeSantis announced the appointment of Moms for Liberty co-founder Tina Deskovich to Florida's Commission on Ethics. An hour later, Former Governor Nikki Haley, her campaign sent out a mass email promoting. What's wrong? Are you upset that maybe the other side is starting to do the same things you're doing? I mean, is that what this is about? You get upset because you make the rules and everybody starts playing the game just like you. I mean, the thing that's so funny about it is Hostin, almost every one of these liberals that are saying, we need to take your kid away, we need to do this, we need to teach them all white people are racist fucking pieces of shit, they private school. They're the ultimate in the hypocrites. Don't even get me on Wagner. Then we have the entire media conglomerate getting wet because everybody on the Ravens is a black quarterback. It's a history. It's all history. The coaches, everybody's black. Great. That, you know, that was a thing back when there was that dude, um, what the fuck? 80s black Eagles QB. He was a badass. Um, Randall Cunningham. He was a badass. 100%. And there was racist stuff back then said or perceived to be said. Like, what was that guy, that rich dude? He lost his whole... He lost fucking everything. He completely lost everything because he said as a black quarterback, um, which you can't say. And I, I got it. Yeah, you can't say that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fine. But nine times out of ten, coaches put them in positions to win the game. We want to win the game. And to win that game, you needed your speed position. So was it better for me to have a quarterback that was fast as fuck? Or a wide receiver that I could have a less fast white dude chuck the ball good to to score touchdowns. That's why it started. It wasn't race. It wasn't, you know, they always want to say, well, it's because they said they weren't smart enough to be caught. No, no, no. I remember when I was a kid, black kids were out on the fucking flanker and slot because they were fast. They were the running back because they were goddamn fast. You had on the ball, they fucking hauled ass. And you had the less fast white kids in the other sp- skilled position. It wasn't because they weren't smart. Speed. J.D. Vance tried to do a good thing and block masking, but once again, as I said, we're going to go back into, you watch, there's going to be a, a, a new variant. Even though science shows that 
every time a new variant comes out, it's less potent than the last variant. That's not what we're going to hear. We're going to hear that this is a killer, and you're going to have to vote by mail. And then last but not least, I could have gave uh, another symposium on the left's use of money to brainwash the world. Instead, well strong was the beneficiary of another State Department grant in 2022. The Humpty Dumpty Institute was awarded $24,908 to organize a six-day program for the ban to strengthen U.S.-Bulgarian partnership engaging undeserved youth and promote inclusion of the LGBTQ plus EIEIO community. What's worse, they got it because they were a group that wrote a song for the 2016 campaign of one they're all deplorable Hillary Clinton. And that song was this. I am Eloise. I am six. Chelsea's mom has got it going on. 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 Lady, I think you'd agree. Think you'd agree. She rocked the bobs and the highlights. Yeah, we loved her hair. Loved her hair. She and Bill and the nation were a wonderful pair. Wonderful pair. But now she's much more than the floaters that she used to be. The nation needs a champion. It's time for So let's do a little fucking reasoning on this. And let's just be honest. Let's be honest, Americans. Could you fucking do that if you were conservative? Could we have uh, fucking Trump's mom's got it going on or something? Uh, that's close enough. Something comparative, which I don't think that's a fucking thing, but you know what I meant. The, the fact of the matter is... We, we, we're allowing people that were partisan to get money. And once again, if that was done on the other side, we'd have a complete motherfucking breakdown by the media that we're giving money to fund, to, to fund partisan things. That's not your money, State Department. That's America's money. And after the last vote, if you really take out all the bullshit votes you guys did to get 81 million, the reality is it's still a 50-50 country. And 50% of the country doesn't want to finance your little group that does partisan bullshit. So you paid them $30,000 because they helped Hillary. That's grifting. That's wrong. So, let's go to our... Lighter Fare, the first one, COVID's Big Comeback by Freedom Tunes, and then What the Left Thinks J6 Was. Because by the 
court proceedings, it was like climate change. The world ended. Next guest is just great. He, he's returning to the public after a long hiatus. I want to welcome back SARS CoV 2! That's right, I'm back! It's so great. <laughs> it's so great to hear you're going on tour again. Uh, yes, well, there's nothing more rewarding than making people cough, and I've got some new material that I really think is going to kill. <laughs> that's great, that's great. Uh, so what kind of lockdown policies are you hoping to see? <laughs> How many unvaccinated Republicans do you think you're going to get? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm really not here to get political. Do you... what? <laughs> I'm trying to get to the pure essence of my craft lately and attack indiscriminately! <laughs> uh, I mean I... I'm going to get the people you don't like. Those are the ones who will get infected. <laughs> what the heck was that? What? You don't want to get political? Fauci. Ugh. I got into this business to make people cough, and now, sometimes I don't even feel like I'm a real virus. I've become one of those political viruses. So what? So what? Every time I kill someone, it's, oh, look, the dumb anti-science Republican died, or, ha, ah, the Democrat got the jab seven times, and look where that got him. It's never COVID. The terrible and deadly plague has struck us once more. I tremble before thee, oh invisible death. <sighs> I'll never be like the greats. Oh, this is how you've branded yourself. Get over it. Is it? The Republicans didn't believe I even existed, and the Democrats thought I wouldn't infect them if they were at their BLM rallies or got their jab. Yeah, politics helped me to go viral. It launched my career, but that's not what I asked for. I'm finished. The audience is tired of it. I'm tired of it. We need to move on. Are you forgetting who made you? You made nothing. I mutated myself in a bat. Oh, your bat story's as manufactured as everyone else's in this business. COVID? Or should I call you Guanzhong Bingdu? Where did you hear that name? A little bird flu told it to me. I could destroy you like a puppy in a science experiment. And if you stop serving my purposes, I will. Do we have an understanding? Or is that too political for you? But not after curfew, and not if you're protesting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Better listen to Fauci. <laughs> I'm too busy to read the Bible today. But you're not too busy to sit around on the couch. Hollow will help you fit your Bible reading in. Hollow's the number one Christian prayer app in the U.S. and the number one Catholic app in the world. 
Get up to pray, meditate, sleep better. Wake up to a gospel reading and reflection by biblical scholar Jeff Gavin. Work alongside Gregorian chant and Catholic lo-fi. And fall asleep at night to a Bible story read by people like Mario Lopez and Jonathan Rorney. If you use the link hollow.com slash freedom you'll get an extended three-month trial. Free! Hollow! Say your prayers! Okay, everyone, tomorrow's the big day, so I want you to all listen up. It all starts with me, Donald J. Trump, Master Order. I can convince anyone to do anything while speaking to a crowd of millions of my adoring fans. I'll use my incredible dog-whistling powers to say, let's go protest peacefully. Which all of them will know is a secret code for go overthrow the government. Then everyone is just going to stand around for a while and hope the police open the doors for us. That's how most of you are going to get in. Wait, we have to count on them? Can't you as president do something to get us inside? No, wrong. I want our entire plan to hinge on the cops there being really friendly and waving us into the Capitol. Uh... Okay. That's where you come in, Walker. Walker has the ability to walk inside of places. Walker, once those doors are open, I'm going to need you to walk inside, leading other people. Do you think you could pull that off? I was born ready, Mr. President. Perfect. Then comes Q Shaman, the wild card. Will he walk in with you? Will he break in by himself? We don't know. What matters is Q Shaman has the ability to politely ask for things. He does it almost every day. Q, once you get inside the Capitol, I'm going to need you to use those skills to politely ask the police to bring you into the Senate chamber. Once inside, you'll say a prayer of thanksgiving for their help. Brilliant. The perfect plan. No one in a million years would ever believe anyone would come up with such a convoluted scheme. Yeah, sure, brilliant. But again, if the police don't open the doors for us or only open them on one side of the building, no one's gonna get in. That's where our secret weapon comes in. Brain. Oh, please, what's this guy gonna... All hell, Ray Epps. Ray Epps, the most brilliant hypnotist in the world. He'll go around hypnotizing people to enter the Capitol, encouraging them to breach barriers. And if he gets caught on camera, he'll just hypnotize the world into not arresting him. Ray, are you up for it? Sure, I could do that. Then I'll use my powers to stop them from certifying the election. No, I can't risk you going inside. Your powers are far too valuable to me. That's why we've got Chanty. Chanty has the uncanny ability to chant things in such a contagious way that others chant with her. She'll walk down the hallway and chant, Stop the steal. Once the whole crowd is doing it, they'll have no choice but to give me a second term, and it'll definitely, totally count. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. That's our plan? That's how you're gonna overthrow the government? That would never work. And if it did, it would immediately be overturned. Dude, you're the president. You control the military. If you wanted to overthrow the government, you could just- Naysayer. Naysayer has the ability to point out that a plan makes absolutely no sense, and you would be an idiot to think it ever happened. His role in all of this is to get fired right now. Naysayer, you're fired. Wow. Next, you're all going to need to make sure to walk through the felt ropes once you enter the capital, so as to not make any kind of mess. 
I don't need to pray today. God will understand. Understand that you could have prayed! He gave you a whole day and you won't give him 15 minutes! I don't even know where to start. Lucky for you, there's Hollow! Hollow's the number one Christian prayer app in the U.S. And the number one Catholic app in the world! Hollow has prayers for all parts of your day. Wake up and listen to a gospel reading and reflection by biblical scholar Jeff Gavin. Work alongside Gregorian chant or Catholic lo-fi. Fall asleep at night to a Bible story read by people like Mario Lopez and Jonathan Rorney. If you use the link hollow.com slash freedom tunes, you'll get an extended three-month trial. Free! Hollow! Say your prayers! Some funny, funny shit. Which brings us to our This Is America. This is a video I got from uh, Dambong Dingo. It's a new movie that's coming out. Uh, I'm assuming we'll be able to see it on uh, <clears throat> streaming eventually. Um, before, I would have said, hey, this is a little over the top. Um, I think any both sides end up doing a whole lot of that crazy, you know, the other side's killing democracy, blah, 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 blah. But I do feel unequivocally we now do live in a police state that one side can do whatever they want and the other side, well, the laws are made for you. This is America. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We are freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. It looks like it's featuring Nick Searcy, Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongingo is in there. Um, is any of that false? If you stumbled onto this show, I've never supported Trump. I voted against Hillary. And I voted against 
Biden because I knew it was more of the same. <clears throat> when I was asked during 2016, well, who you vote for and why could you vote for it? I said almost every time, well, if you vote for Trump, we're going to know what's going on because the media is going to go after him nonstop. If you vote for a Democrat, we have no fucking clue what the government's doing. It's all behind closed doors. They get away with murder. They don't, they're not accountable for anything. They're protected. Now, it's 100 times worse than that. So, never thought Trump was a great guy. <clears throat> but they've gone after every person. They found a crime to get him on. They've been doing it since 2016. And everybody around him has been ruined and then usually let go. And being that I lost the career I love post-military because the Obama administration started a new charge of foreign uh, meddling when you, you do kickbacks. And they destroyed our company, which made us get bought out by two people that were too busy fucking each other than to run a company. And then got bought out by Gulls. And I lost my career after freaking 13 years starting the downward spiral of me not being employed well guess what that's what they did to us that's what they're doing to anybody who stands up against them and yet at the same time they're doing crooked shit in Ukraine the bo his boy was there on video Biden said he fucking meddled in a foreign country and withheld aid on Audio, he told a foreign leader to lie about the Taliban. On audio, Obama did it. All the things they've charged him for, they've done themselves. The current 79,000 felony charges are what they did in 2000, 2004, 2016. It's what they do when they lose an election. The incessant charges for guys who did January 6th or planned it or thought about it or prepoed weapons saying they're going to do more and they didn't do anything. January 6th was a nothing burger compared to what they did in the Floyd riots of summer 2020. Murders, rapes, looting, burning, beating cops. Cops died. Hundreds were injured. Billions of damage. And we said, well, uh, it's the language of the unheard. That's what judges said. And throughout all these charges of every person that's a conservative, it is totally partisan people filing the fucking charges that should have been reclused because they're basically part of the DNC. We are living in a police state. Most of us spend all our time not saying a fucking thing because if you said your opinion on climate, trans, race, Biden, you're afraid, A, you're going to lose your platform. You won't be able to be on social media. That's why I left social media. Normal guys that were my friends had gotten brainwashed. And they thought fucking Biden was the greatest thing ever. And anybody that agreed with anything that Trump ever said, well, you're a Nazi. They've turned the entire DOD into fucking libtards where officers are political, which is against UCMJ.
This isn't the way our country's supposed to be. But you fear speaking to lose your platform. You fear speaking to lose your job. And worse, you fear speaking because it'd be okay for a lefty to murder you. All they have to say is, well, he was an extreme conservative and I feared for my life. Reduce sentence. We're doing it all over the country. We're putting people in for the rest of their lives for one riot and people that organized, financed, got the buses that toured them around from Minneapolis to Texas to Washington, D.C. to attack conservatives on the street. We don't even know who financed it. We're pretty sure it was George Soros, but those buses were there. Media didn't look for that. Law enforcement didn't. We didn't RICO. The first RICO charges is for fucking Atlanta. All that's financed by Democrats and judges. So how is that video wrong? It'll be panned. They'll say it's, it's, it's inciting violence. Every time CNN and MSNBC tune in, and turn on and start broadcasting for the day. They are inciting violence. Racial division violence, uh, saying we're killing trans. There's a genocide because 18 trans people, 16 of them were killed last year by their spouses or significant others. It wasn't trans violence. Parents not wanting their kids to be brainwashed, not wanting schools to shove sexually explicit material into their kids' sphere. That's violence? But actually beating motherfuckers, Anifa, going to drag shows now with ARs. That's not violence. So yeah, that movie's pretty fucking spot on. Pretty fucking spot on. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please share this with family or friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with K, Rumble 482467, and send me an email at foppodcast at gmail.com if you want to see something on the show. We're going to go with our next show, 13 September, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Today, go Ducks. I don't know about the Packers. I'll say go Packers. And go freaking... Come on, MTJ. This is your year, man. Win a fucking championship. Get your shit together, Joe Gibbs Racing. Man, that was an ugly race last week. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah-yeahs. And tune in Wednesday for the next show. As always, thank you for listening. And you take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.